0: Hey everyone, today is Thursday the 19th of April 2018. This is a bonus episode of The Gap. I'm Luke Laurie and joining me tonight is contestant number one, Job How Hang on, Job. Oh, uh, I'm pretty good. Fantastic. Uh, and contestant number two tonight is Nathan Lawrence. What's going on, Nathan?
1: Not much. It's been a while. Thanks That's for having
0: me, But returning tonight is contestant number three, our returning champion, Mr. Jeremy Jungless. Ray, how you feeling? Are you going to go tonight, Jung? You think we'll take the big pot?
2: Um, I'm feeling good regardless, but, uh, I think I'm going to win. Glad to be here.
0: Awesome stuff. All right, everybody hands on buzzers. Uh, and we'll go with our first question. The first person shooter video game nice. Doom, was, yes, George, uh, um, made by id software.
3: Incorrect. What is Ed
0: Software? Incorrect. <laughs> uh, Job is, George is out of the question. I'll finish repeating this. Um, uh, the first person shooter video game Dune was first released in what year? Ba-baw. Who cares? It's too late.
2: 1991.
0: <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Look, I don't have, I what an intro. <laughs> I, yeah, I he really launched into that. I can't think of any other questions to ask, no? What year was it, Luke? 93.
2: Uh, oh, damn.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess you win, John. Because, you know.
2: As the, <laughs> the only answer, it was the closest answer.
0: Fantastic. By, pri- by the Price is Right rules, you... Mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to know what you want? Yeah, please do. Five hours of podcast talking about uh, God of War tonight.
3: Oh. What about an end to this bit? Who? What do we have to do to win an <laughs> end to this bit? 1993.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's just jump classic. into it. So God of War, um, it comes out tomorrow, I guess, in, in a couple hours. Um, yep. We briefly talked about it last week. Um, when we could, you know, talk about just our thoughts in the actual game. We didn't really go into any spoiler-specific stuff. So, that's what mm-hmm. this podcast is going to be for. So, if you haven't actually played the game, uh, I'd recommend maybe holding off on this. Maybe we'll talk about our initial thoughts really quickly. So we do we want to do that and then talk about spoilers and we'll go from there? Does that sound like good well,
2: idea? Yeah, that sounds good. Hang on.
3: So, that people who downloaded this spoiler cast get something out of it? Is that yeah, the idea? Yeah. Okay. At least they've got something. That seems weird. Just it's a spoiler. I'll be angry. Spoiler. It'll be
0: like Heath, be like, ah, oh, 25 meg of fucking PUBG again.
3: Oh, my God. Another 25 meg fucking <laughs> podcast download. Ah. Oh. Yeah. It Every sounds- week they are. Ours is 100 meg, so. And this, this time it's two, two a week. Ah, oh, despicable. Um, we can do it really
0: quickly. Did everybody here like it? Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah, I think... Um- I had more problems with it than Job did because Job super duper loved it and said it was even better than God of War 2, and I don't agree with that, but I, I did love it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right, Luke? So it's Yes. Did you? Yeah. Of course. Fantastic. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. Well, you there's cool. our, our criticism right there. We'll talk about uh, spoiler stuff now, I guess. So if you haven't, yeah, Good idea. if you haven't played it, um, which it is like a forty hour game. Uh, Yeah, I suggest don't listen to this part. And when you do finish it, maybe come back and have a listen. be clear. Don't
3: listen to this podcast. If you haven't played it and you don't want shit spoiled for you, don't listen to this podcast, not this part, the whole thing. There's not going to be any part of it that is free of spoilers. It's all spoilers (laughs) from here on out. I just (laughs) want to be super clear on it. Unless you're not going to play it at all. Yeah, and unless you, you don't, don't w- care. If you don't care about spoilers, yeah. then listen away. Why are you listening this to this podcast about a game you don't care about? <laughs>
4: oh, God.
0: Uh, Maybe they can anyway. a video game trivia. Maybe. Yep. It's <laughs> 1993. 1993. Um, all right, where do, we, where do we want to start with this one? Like, uh, I- Let's start with Jung. Yeah. I'm trying to shit talk.
2: oh Oh, yeah
1: spoilers starting some shit
2: you want me to just list all my things just like because i'll be gone for a while it'll be like um like there was there was a lot but like it's it's a similar situation to the witcher 3 where it's like there's so like i obviously loved it and um like you know in game informer i gave it like 9.6 or something but i just felt like there were certain aspects that warranted uh more long form criticism and um you know that obviously we're all familiar with how that went when we <laughs> posted that stuff on kotaku and Jebby had his video and it was an internet hate mob because they were all like oh these people don't know how to play witcher 3 and they hated witcher 3 and it's like no I, I love the game it's i just feel like there are certain aspects of it where you know I wouldn't put it in a review. Like, maybe I'd devote one or two sentences to it in a review. But elsewhere, I would, you know, you could write several pages about. Um, when you love it, when you
3: love something enough,
2: you want it to be improved. You want it to get better. And so, yeah, and it's it's all just furthering the conversation. Constructive about video criticism. Like, yeah, like your stuff about the Witcher 3's combat system being one foot in the, uh, the sort of Arkham camp and one foot in the Dark Souls camp. Um, that, that's the type of criticism that just, like, furthers thought yeah. on, on games. So, like, there's an opportunity for that here as well. And um, I'm not sure if you got, like, there's some really small things and really basic things I didn't like about the game, like, you know, the camera. Um, but uh, there were some more high-level things as well, which I'm not sure if you caught the article I read on Fandom about it, which is um, the, the sort of type of psychological fun that it chases. Um, oh, all right. which is obviously standing on the shoulders of the last of us. Um, but, um, I guess this, this is a whole big topic and it's, it's kind of hard to like, um, just, just, uh, talk about the one relevant piece of it without explaining all the pieces around it. But, um, the, like the, the type of psychological fun that this game is, is, um, trying to trigger in its players, um, is very different to previous God of War games, and I think by and large that's being seen as a sign of maturity, and um, it's it's a more it's a better kind of fun, um, a more mature kind of fun, and it's seen as you know gaming in general is growing up. But um, I also wonder, I mean, when other franchises like uh, say, for example, Command and Conquer Four or Dawn of War Three, when they when they switch up their aesthetics or they switch up their gameplay. Um, as a franchise, we hold them to account for that. We're like, well, this is not, you know, if you wanted to make something else, it should have been in a different franchise. So why aren't we doing that for God of War? Like, should that not also apply to the type of psychological fun that this franchise is chasing? And, um, like when it's in God of War's best moments, it serves both kinds of psychological fun, right? Like it's, it's going to
3: clarify what you mean by psychological fun.
2: Yeah, I should. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a really, deep thing to go into but in terms of the the sort of drives that a player has and like the motivations that a player has uh for playing um like a a traditional god of war game would be chasing mastery of uh complex controls and um it would be uh offering like brutality and uh and vengeance um these would be sort of motivations for the player to keep going and and witnessing these like epic bombastic memorable kills against gods whereas um this one is chasing a much more similar thing to the last of us where um there's a new kind of like a there's a whole bunch of different player drives there's like 20 of them and they they sort of sit like when you when you sit down and play a game there's sort of uh short term reasons, mid middle term reasons, and long term reasons why you play it. The short term reasons are like being dazzled by something like an explosion and going, ooh, wow. But uh, you know, if you see the same explosion several times, you're not impressed by it anymore. It's a very short term thing. In the middle, there are the things that I'm talking about, like drives, like, you know, vengeance is a drive, like I got hurt and I want to hurt someone else and um stuff like that. And then you've got more long term things which are uh feeling autonomous, feeling mastery over a game um those are things that come after several several hours of play of like counter strike or something like that when you
3: uh Sony evidently has gotten to Jung and managed to assassinate him just in time. So I guess he won't be joining us for the rest of the podcast. Uh that's a shame. Yeah. So oh, back. Hang on. <laughs> uh you cut out uh basically at the the mastery you explaining how mastery is a drive.
2: Okay, cool. Um, I mentioned it twice. I'm trying to think of, did I, did I talk about the short term, middle term and long term? Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So you're talking about the long term.
2: You're explaining yeah. your, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the long term would be like displaying mastery over a game, feeling mastery, like after several, several hours. So the, it's mainly the middle stuff that I'm talking about. And like in the yeah. middle, it's the, the drives that it, in the middle, they get you from the short term stuff to the long term stuff. That's the goal of these drives. And there's like 20 of them that we've, you know, it's, it's a field that's not super duper researched. Um, but we've, you know, people have identified like 20 of these and, um, one of them, which is sort of a newer one that game designers are just starting to explore and which the last of us did a really good job with is this one called tend and befriend, um, which is, um, the drive to protect someone you love. And, um, the, there was a talk at GDC about this, which, um, was suggesting that, it goes a lot deeper than just being a a sort of middle-term driving game design and that it actually goes, um, as deep as fight or flight, like that sort of reaction of hyper arousal when we are experiencing fearful stress, uh, and we have a fight or flight response. Um, the current thinking is that tendon befriend is at actually that core level because fight or flight does not, adequately explain evolution. Like if you, if you have some, if you have a life that you're responsible for, um, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, explain like it, evolution is not accounted for. If, if you know, if, if a tiger appears and you just run, uh, or you fight. Um, so it's, I guess the suggestion is that, uh, certain people have evolved, um, social mechanisms to to have a group around them in case that tiger appears to to either you know uh, call them for help or you know wherever, whatever it may be and this is it's referred to as tend and befriend and it's it's like if, if you there might be someone who you know their first reaction when they're experiencing fearful stress or hyperarousal, uh their first reaction is to just think of those that they love it's not fight or flight it's yeah. um it's protecting those they love so it's this kind of drive that that speaks to a lot of people on that core level um, that God of War is chasing and, and that The Last of Us did so well. And there's even specific moments from God of War that are directly copying The Last of Us. Like, you know, this is a spoiler cast, so I'm, I'm going to say, like, when Atreus gets his first kill, his, his first kill of a human. Yeah. Um, it's very, you know, they even call out to it. They they even focus the camera on it, whereas in The Last of Us it kind of just happens. But um. So, like, all of this is to say, uh, like, in God of War's best moments, it can serve both, right? Like, it, you're in a fight, and you you have this ward, uh, you're protecting Atreus, and in its best moments, it can give you all that brutal, visceral, uh, vengeance uh, stuff, and it can also give you tendon befriend. But I think God of War only does that in its best moments, and most of the time, it's focusing on tendon befriend. And there was a quite a long way into the game before I felt like we were actually having a classic God of War fight. Um, and, uh, and there was a lot of time spent in the game building up that relationship between you and Atreus so that you actually care about whether something bad happens to him or not. Um, and because of that time spent and because of the different focus, I was just sort of putting forward on fandom. Like, you know, we hold other franchises to account when they they completely switch focus shouldn't we do that here as well and i'm not saying you know it's it's literally just a one lens to put over this game like i'm i'm again i'm not bagging it i love the game i'm completely comfortable with the very high score that we gave it oh. um just asking the question of you know should we should we do the same thing for psychological fun as aesthetics and mechanics
3: All right, yeah. but like when you say that Command and Conquer, like that, but they're, they're not going, they're not changing the same way. like
2: Exactly. It's a smaller. It's smaller what they're doing. Like they're changing their gameplay, but they but are it's, chasing it's, the same psychological fun. Whereas I, I think this is bigger. Like they're actually changing the type of person that the franchise would appeal to.
3: But like, aren't, aren't certain things universal? Like, uh, like if they're still giving you the ve- the vengeance, uh, the the vengeful fucking brutal attack shit, eventually, like, isn't it just an attempt to evolve the concepts?
2: If they can, like, I, and that's why I think in its best moments it does both, but most of the time it doesn't. Like, I finished the game feeling like it wasn't a God of War game. Uh, it didn't like it, it took a lot of time and a lot of relationship building before we got to a fight that i felt was a god of war fight um, i felt like there was not the the memorable god like deity kills day aside uh, yep. <laughs> like in you know, a that that you normally see in a god of war like, towards the end again spoiler cast um towards the you, end when you find finally... you don't have to
3: keep saying spoiler cast
2: <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, just in case anyone was still listening who um you know might like shouldn't be um and warnings but
3: they're, they're yeah
2: fine. um so when you finally kill balder at the end of the game i i was like i was finally i was getting giddy at that stage because i'm like we're finally going to see kratos kill a god he's been yep. waiting for i mean yeah he's he's killed like some minor in minor gods in minor ways before that yep. but um it's like we're finally going to get the the really memorable stuff you know like the the ones that like Poseidon, you know, when it's, they do something really interesting with it, like make the camera from Poseidon's view and um, get that just brutal beatdown. I was like, oh, we're finally going to get that. It's the end of the game at this point. So I, d- I don't really feel like it delivered on the God of War promise. I felt like um, it mostly focused on Tendon Befriend. And um, there was a little bit of that in the open world. Like, obviously, when you, when you stretch things out to an open world, other things. Uh, Fall by the wayside a little bit, and my my, what I'm referring to there is the mini bosses. Like basically every mini boss in this game was a troll or an ogre, and um, or a valkyrie, or a valkyrie. Yep, and the trolls and the ogres all have the same kill animation. Yeah. Um, so you know that's I guess a little bit the sacrifice that you make for moving to an open world. Um, but yeah, no, I don't I don't think it did both. I think it did, I think it did its new focus more than its old focus.
0: So, so Jung, do you do you think this game is God of War? 4?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, but so I, a God I of War disagree
0: game. with that because I, I I think it's like it's called God of War. I think it's they've they've reinvented the the franchise. It's not supposed to be like a, a continuation of what they've done before, apart from the story.
2: I'd be okay with that, except it's the, literally the same Kratos. and it's it is the story continued.
0: I know, but they haven't. I feel like they're trying to do it again. Like, like it's sort of what um, uh, Square did with Tomb Raider. Same sort of thing. Like they they've called it Tomb Raider. They've rebooted it. They've reimagined it. It's. I feel like this is the same sort of thing. It's. It's not God of War four. This is God of War. They've they've rebooted this the series again. Like new mechanics and different ways of telling the story. I think I what John's like- saying
3: is that like this is not a reboot though. This is, this is but I still technically a continuation of the narrative of God of War, like yes. the same narrative.
0: Yeah. But the narrative is the same, but I think the, the actual fundamental gameplay stuff is, is why they've called it God of War. Cause they're, they're trying to reinvent it or reimagine like this series again.
2: I see that. Um, I mean, I honestly, I think it's just, they wanted to do something different. They have the God of War name. Um, but maybe they should have not called it God of War if that's what they wanted to do, you know, or maybe they should have made it like uh, a proper reboot. But what it looks like to me is they've, they've left enough time in the storyline. Like this is, it's a direct continuation of the story many, many years later. And they've left a large enough window in between for telling the story of how Kratos got there. Like maybe he passed through Egypt and like after we've done a trilogy in Norse mythology or whatever, we're going to see uh, Kratos killing Isis and Anubis and everyone else. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, you have a franchise name and it means something. And um, when people buy a God of War game, they have certain things that they expect. And uh, I, I totally take your comparison with Tomb Raider because Tomb Raider also kind of reneged on a little bit of that promise, right? Like it, uh, it didn't have as much of the uh, puzzle solving right in the tombs it was it was itself more of a like a an open thing yeah but more I, think about they, sneaking around. I think they learned
3: well, actually and, I, like, I agree to that extent i mean my, that was my chief criticism of the tomb raider the tomb raider reboot was that she doesn't really raid any fucking tombs um no, I just, for some reason, I, I don't think. Like, I still think of it as a God of War game. I think Kratos embodies the concept of God of War more than his actions. I was, I do recall, like when I was playing through the game, I was thinking, like, when when am I just going to go ham? And I was absolutely disappointed with the boss fights uh, ultimately, except for the Valkyrie fights, which were like mechanically very satisfying to to like complete. Um yeah I never found any of the boss fights to be t- particularly interesting once you like yeah. work them out.
2: They just don't have that they don't, I mean we say boss fights and there's really only a couple. Yeah, you know, and they they well, they're not the epic multi-stage boss fights of a previous God of War. It doesn't have the epic beginning. It doesn't have the epic finish. Like every single God of War game starts with something epic, like the Titan and or the uh, sorry the Colossus in God of War Two. And
3: I thought well, I thought Balder's introduction was actually pretty epic. Uh, yeah, I
0: thought that was the
3: best. I know it's not a cold game. open, but uh, but, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a cold he's, open, but like I th- I like thought
2: he's was cool. Epic. I liked every fight. I liked every fight that Baldur was in. But we do like we fight him three times, and you've got Magni and Modi, Magni and Modi yeah and um then you've got the dragon, and yeah th- those are the boss fights mm. and um yeah, I don't know expected more, but um the dragon was like not great i re- I kind of really liked the um the protecting atreus bit and the uh Magni and Modi fight yeah um, just for something different, it was pretty cool mm mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, nothing – like, not even major – like, there was Freya, but it's uh, – you You see a couple of minor gods in Norse mythology. They, they set something up for the future, but, yeah.
3: Well, that's what – it sort of felt to me like that's what they were doing. They were setting it up so that they could play into that in, down the road. Like, they need you – like, they – it's not, it's one of those situations where they can't just kill your family, right? They can't be all like Kratos moved to <laughs> again, fucking Scandinavia and fucking Boulder came in and killed his wife and son. And you'd be like, and, and then Kratos decides to go fucking ham on everyone. Like, yeah, actually you could do that. And I guess from what you're saying, jung that is a god of war you'd want to play but it wouldn't i don't think it'd be like i don't think it'd play for 2018 i think it'd be a fine game but it wouldn't really capture like the imagination of people very much it would just be
2: i think it'd be i think there's a place for that kind of game right like like that and, and god of war i guess that's why i feel like it's a Bit of a shame is because God of War was the best at doing that thing, and well, I
3: think the like, the, the, but the, like culturally, we've moved into a different stage now. Like, you don't have like vengeance movies aren't about murdering fuck tons of people. Like, it's no longer. Oh what? But he doesn't even like.
1: They killed add his dog, some, Job. Shut the. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm specifically <laughs> yeah, talking about that. that. Like, <laughs> yeah, but they didn't. You look at Death death wish
3: like fucking bronson kills like fucking 80 people right in uh like every scene right and then the death wish 2 another like fucking tons of people john wick per scene kills like five people right it's like much more it's closer in it's tighter it's like more personal the vengeance he is like he embodies vengeance but it's it's not the same grand scale of vengeance anymore, is what I'm saying.
2: Uh, I, I wish it was. I think, um, like so you hate John you, no, I love John Wick. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's like what him. I'm
3: saying though. Culturally, like from a, like from where we are, uh, in terms of popular culture, right. John Wick has currently embodied our concept of vengeance. Mm. And Um, I think that's what they're trying to, like, Kratos is that sort of style of vengeance. He's the only a couple of people die and endless zombies.
2: I mean, most of the people had it coming. And like in God of War 2 and that it's aged well like if you released a, a remastered God of War 2 I think it, it still does very well in this day and age uh, maybe aside from a few things like perhaps too many quick time events or um, like the Aphrodite scene would be looked down on hmm. um, or I forget which one Aphrodite was in but um, I that was three. yeah I think that's three um, but you know they all have like a sex scene or whatever Yeah, but um like maybe that stuff, I'm I'm fine actually with that stuff not being in it. But it's just like I I take your point about the time being different. But part of part of moving into this new cultural time, right? And and this new era in which in which gaming is for everyone and we're making games that appeal to a, a broad range of people. Part of that sell was, hey, existing gamers, no one's taking your toys away. Right? Like you still got your thing. We're just also making games for more people. But this to me is a literal example of taking people's toys away, right? Like you took the, the franchise that did the best job at this brutality and, and um, epic deicide, and now it's something different.
3: Okay, but what about, man, I just don't get it. Like, what about, to me, it's like Logan, right? That's what God of like this God of War is. It's Logan, and mm-hmm. obviously he's, he's not going to like spoilers for Logan,
2: <laughs> <laughs> spoiling every everything. Spoiler cast but, for every existing IP out there.
3: Yeah, um, But, like obviously Kratos isn't going to die, but like
0: well, I, I thought he I thought they could have gone there.
3: Uh,
0: yeah, well, I didn't know I th- where they were going at the end of that story. <laughs>
3: I feel. I feel like. What did you think that Atreus was going to become the new God of War? Cause
0: possibly, like, I could see it. But... I didn't know really. I thought maybe they were going to kill the kid. Maybe they weren't. And then, like, yeah, it, it just was. I did not know sort of where they were going to take this story until the end of it, um, until it, like finished. So, I mean, that possibility was was there for me.
3: Yeah. Nate was dangerously close to saying something earlier.
1: Uh, multiple times. Sorry <laughs> points off. to interrupt. 2 is not a revenge story, and that's why the John Mc example is really good, because it's saying, and it's true, like you gave with your Death Wish example, Joby, that it's not sustainable. A revenge story is only sustainable in a very finite period of time. The fact that they managed to drag it out for a trilogy plus... One, I didn't really play Ascension Don't know if that was a revenge story are they, are they like seven fucking God of War games? Oh well I don't count the PSP ones I guess <laughs> Right. <yeah>. Apologies to <laughs> PSP fans out there All 12 of you <laughs> uh, But So I think that the idea of um, The soft reboot And in my mind I go to the J.J. Abrams Star Trek Soft reboot as a reference It's still the same characters uh, But it's also running parallel And I get that Kratos isn't that. It's not like a rebooted Kratos. It is supposed to be a continuation. Yeah. Um, but for me, I don't think God of War, the original ones, hold up today. Um, because, and that's coming from someone who went back and played them in the last generation having missed them because we didn't have a PlayStation in our house mm-hmm. until I bought a PS3. That's my first PlayStation console and I was aware that I had, you know, a pretty big gap in my gaming knowledge for all the quality PlayStation titles. So God of War was right up there. The First... God of War, quote unquote, game I played was um, Dante's Inferno, which was a big ripoff of that whole God of War formula. And I fucking loved Dante's Inferno, uh, warts and all. So I was keen to go back to God of War. And while the story I felt was epic, and the characters were fantastic, and the music and the cinematic presentation, the, I don't think like the whole fixed camera thing, especially the quick time events to kill the gods. I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly, but it seemed like most of the big killing of gods descended into quick time events mm-hmm. which is like yeah it does yeah which like to me was not as satisfying as as the moment to moment crowd control um combat which is kind of ironic talking about the new god of war now because it's it's amazing that i think that the one area that they could have really improved the series upon was making the war uh, the battle against gods the battle against bosses like actually more meaningful and i found them to be really shit as has been touched on they're, they're kind of the same fight over and over again i really didn't like the Belder fights at yep. any stage i liked his intro but i felt that he just became very predictable he wasn't challenging i had more challenges fighting against creatures from tears mm. and yeah. uh Those fucking and- witches Oh, the purple witches? Forget about it. I still haven't gone back to fight the two I found that came out of a mine. Like, nope, fuck that. I'll come back later.
3: Oh, they'll be, uh, they'll
1: be fucking nothing now. If you yeah, geared purple, up, they'll be nothing. Purple Actually, purple which nothing. one of
3: you motherfuckers like, wasn't gearing up? Me.
1: That was me. <laughs> fucking. I wasn't was, I was you up. as well,
3: wasn't <laughs> you? What is going on?
1: <laughs> well, Jody... Well, <laughs> you go, John. <Jung. laughs>
2: no, no. I usually do this thing in an RPG where I skip the tier of armor. Right. And, um it makes it harder for me and it means like whenever a really cool set of armor comes along, I just get to buy it instantly. Yeah.
4: Um,
2: and that is absolutely not the thing to do in this game. Like 100% it just like it, the, the armor that becomes available to you, like it's just, you're meant to buy it and you're meant to have exactly the money to buy it. Like it's all just scaling up one to one with each other. Um, so yeah, if you're listening, (laughs) <laughs> and you're wondering, just, just buy the, like, don't even pay attention to the numbers. Like, obviously you'll have a strategy around like, you know, am I targeting runic damage for, or runic for magic damage or whatever. And yeah. like, if you have the opportunity to just plain have higher numbers, that's better than your strategy. So just take the higher numbers, because if you can like push yourself up over the level level threshold, then that means purples become oranges and oranges become greens, and that's a massive massive it's it's a bigger difference than any theory crafting you could have done because like purples will just poise through everything and keep attacking and there's their, their uh, stun bar will just like go back down to zero instantly um so yeah, just just take higher numbers well it's such a
1: it doesn't was sorry go nate you well i was just gonna say that's such a smarter way to do it mine was just being a tight ass and going oh mm-hmm. there's different rarities i'm gonna just keep with my green you can't fool me game and then realizing a few literally a few hours before the end of the game i should probably invest in some armor because i didn't have the necessary stuff to buy the super rare stuff like there's a shit that you get later yeah, um like golds or something right yeah, it's very specific parts to build the armor that I didn't have. And so I'm like, I'm yeah. really just making this a lot harder. And not not deliberately like, oh, I'm going to be a badass. I was just like, I was saving up for armor that I ended up not being able to afford. So absolutely. Um, yeah. And not for, so I not for monetary without,
2: I didn't even go into um, Muspelheim or Niflheim before I finished the game. Ditto. I was like, everything, because of this weird scaling thing, like everything on the main quest line was fine. But anytime I would go out, into the open world, everything was purple. Yep. So it was just like super hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was trying to do it anyway, like the Dark Souls player in me was going, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And uh, wow, I spent some time. Wrong again, idiots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
3: I, uh, I thought when you were saying that you thought that the motivations in the game weren't good enough, that's actually what I thought you were going to talk about. Because I thought the like it was such. It's it's probably one of my biggest gripes is that it is a such a huge fake out loot chaser. There, oh yeah. There is like there's armor, but you you buy this armor so that you are better for specific reasons. You buy uh, Niflheim armor, right? And I was using my Niflheim armor almost like I used one piece of my Niffleheim armor like until I've finished uh, finished the game to the extent that I'm going to finish the game um, just because I, I didn't have enough bits to upgrade an alternative uh, and as you were saying if you can get higher numbers you are better off Except, unless you can get better fucking uh, more like uh, what are those slots sockets if you can get more sockets but lower numbers you should get more sockets. One extra socket is worth way more than, a, I, I think, like, I haven't, I haven't f- fully smashed out the numbers, but I'd say worth more than a 15% increase in numbers. Yeah. Um, because you can, like, the amount of, you can actually bump up your level, like your armor level. You can bump that up with uh, stats as well. So a, an extra socket is still worth a shit ton. There's, I've got this fucking, this talisman or whatever the fuck it trinket. I don't know. I got one of them that has L 2 L2X thing. And I have literally no idea what it does. Mm. Uh, it sort of, he smashes his shield and it's big, like uh, shockwave splashes out. And it seems to maybe stagger people, but it doesn't do anything in the queen Valkyrie. So it's fucking pointless. But I wore it throughout the entire Queen Valkyrie fucking fight because it has three sockets on it, and anything better that I've got does not have three sockets on it. So yeah, yeah, uh, I would uh, anything else I could wear is literally a, just a downgrade. Uh, so yeah, I just had to fucking wear it and not use that ability basically.
2: And if that means like it pushes you over the threshold of a level, yeah, then that is that makes all the difference. But yeah, yeah. I agree. It's it's a fake loot chaser. It's just it might as well just be like, you know, handing you different armor at different points of the game because it's everything just scales up one-to-one and there's not really many strategic decisions to be made around that. And it kind of even pretends to literally just be an right open at world the
3: end. for a little while. Sorry, what were you saying? It pretends it kinda, to be an open
2: world. It kind of pretends to be an open world until about halfway through. A little bit. And then it opens up. Open world. Oh, oh shit!
3: shit. <laughs> Coined. Um... Yeah, like uh, by the end, I think you do make meaningful choices about what gear you are going to wear, but it only actually affects Muspelheim or Niflheim, so it doesn't matter. Uh, you can beat the Valk Queen using a hodgepodge of whatever the fuck you've got to get uh, you've got available. Uh, I doubt. I well, it's. I could not imagine trying to beat. Uh, Niflheim without Niflheim armor, uh, it would be the biggest pain in the dick. Um, uh, and Musful, like, you're just generally better off with Musfulheim armor trying to beat the advanced, uh, the expert Musfulheim shit because so much of the time you're wearing fire damage and it just comes from fucking everywhere eventually.
2: Yeah. And before that, like, when you're in, like, the Dark Elf area and, like, even even there, like, I didn't find, like, the Dark Elf resistance to be useful or, like, the uh, Frost resistance and um, stuff like that. Like, I would just rather have higher numbers.
3: Once once I worked out, once I got through Alfheim and realized how pointless that resistance was, I thought any time I got... Uh, like gem, whatever the fuck they call it. Uh, what are they called? Rune. A rune. That's what they call rune. Anytime I got a rune that was a resistance, uh, I, except for, I got one legendary rune that was a resistance to everything. And I equipped that, but uh, every, every other one I got was just free money basically. Mm, and, yeah. uh, and those little, the rune shards or whatever the fuck they are that you can use. Yeah. It's basically just uh, like a, uh, those things in Soul, uh, the souls games, where you've got some oh, yeah. sort of banked up, you can always trade them in. That's what they they felt like to me. By the end of the game, yeah, you just you've got so many of those rooms. <laughs> yeah, and you can only use max like twelve. Of them, so yeah,
0: I think I have so, like golds or something <laughs> by the end. Yeah, I, just I can it. imagine. But yeah. just to add to that comment, like I um. I, I haven't played it, but I've heard that that the the hardest difficulty in the game isn't just like a uh, these guys take more hit points, sort of like it's got new move sets and and um, they regen health, things like that. So I'm wondering if some of this armor is sort of a bit more necessary for the higher tier difficulties. Um, I guess.
3: That would be it, right? I guess, but yeah, like I just didn't see it. Uh, like I just can't see it. You know, like that—that that is what I was guessing as well. I guess, like that's what I was. That was my best guess, but I just—you just don't see don't, it. Well, you don't. don't, need play
0: up. You don't yeah, need exactly. The difficult to are playing on, which is just normal. But like. You, like, you can't see
3: that it would translate into that on hard either because that's like just not the way the com- that combat winds up working. Uh, like, the resistances, perhaps. Uh, but I was talking about this with Steve Farrelly today. Like, in so many instances, because uh, I've been playing on hard bit, um, in so many instances, you just wind up in situations where you're too hit anyway. So if, like... Unless the resistances get you over that threshold. If a hit does 60% damage, right? And you take 13% less uh, frost damage, right? As long as that hit is all frost, then you will be under, you'll be at 47% damage from that hit. So it's now a three hit. Bingo, bango. Everything's cool. But... Too often, it seems like it's not all frost. It's like half frost, half something else, and so you, your thirteen percent resistance turns into not quite. You're still a two hit, and so it's inconsequential. That's what I'm saying. Like you, yeah, yeah. It would have go, to be like
2: like a special frost breath attack for it to be like pure frost.
3: Yeah, exactly. And like so, too often it's yeah. It, it I can't even see that unless. You're literally, like, literally just supposed to stack. Like, it's only worth it once you... Get... Don't they all have, like, a limit of, like, 50% resistance or shit? I think some it's shit?
0: five stacks or something, because I saw that right. a lot, and I was like, I don't need to stack any of this shit.
3: <laughs> so 65% would be out of 13%. Like, yeah. So, if but, it's like, if you're supposed to stack fucking five, that's crazy. Um,
2: yeah. Oh, God, what a lot it, of numbers are getting up.
3: I yeah, I don't know. But it just seems like the, I don't know. I don't I don't think the combat's good enough for me to warrant playing at that level. I did, I've did i heard, like, Nate, you were saying that Grizz has been playing on God of War difficulty.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's what I think Luke overheard him talking the other day, right? Yeah, Luke?
2: yeah.
3: And he
1: wrote something he, on Finder about it. He said he's finished every other God of War game on that difficulty and he sounds like, dubious that he'll be able to do it, or have the patience, I should say, to do it uh, in this one. Yeah.
2: I don't know if I'd be able to listen to Mimir and Atreus shouting every time I die on that difficulty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a fine mess. (laughs) The thing that I don't get is like, it sounds like you guys are talking a lot about armor and I'm going to assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that that's probably you guys are really sort of intimate with those sort of systems from Dark Souls games, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for me and and
3: uh, and like Diablo and stuff, you know, like right loot loot chases, but also yeah, those sorts of RPGs, combat RPGs.
1: Having not played a lot of those, I felt that like they handled the sort of tutorial stuff very well. I thought you know embedding it in the story to the point where you know you get a compass and that's like a narrative thing, which I I love. I love when they do stuff like that. I'm a sucker for it. But when it came time to them for them to train you about all of the depth in this menu system, it was Mm. literally just static screens and they gave them to you all at fucking once. And so I just I read it and I'm like, none of this has any meaning to me. So I'm just going to skip it and I'll figure it out later. So I got to the end of the game uh, and I had not like leveled up uh, the kids bow. At all, basically. Oh, yeah. And I had missed so many things because I hadn't taken the time to go and, like, figure it out myself. And I just thought that was such a, like, a missed opportunity for me because I'm, I'm not looking at armor as anything more than, oh, what's the one with the highest number and then I'll level that up for now and then I'll save up something later. Like, for me, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of the threats I was coming up against, the realms I was in or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I've only started thinking about it now in Endgame. Like maybe I need to buy more sets of armor for different places, um, or look at it differently because all I was doing was prioritizing strength. That was it. That's all I gave a fuck about, and everything yeah. else is like fuck off. So I think uh, there's a bit. Missed it's not a terrible
3: strategy, to be honest. Like right. uh, by the end, I like it's not the playstyle that I was on, but like it, it would work. It it should play out well. well that's Canon. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Except for the one hits and the two hits, then you really can't make a mistake. And and the one as long you, as you I, can make a
3: as long as you can make a one hit a two hit, you're generally okay because yeah. you sh- can kill almost everything except for like particularly meaty bosses. You can kill almost everything fast enough that it doesn't matter.
2: And right. It gives you like a little buffer where like if you get hit and go down to like thirty percent health. You've got a chance to do your Spartan Rage and do a bit of healing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I found that I've only just bought my second Resurrection Stone of the game, and the first one I didn't even buy. I was given it. Yeah. Um, and I only and used you it. use a Resurrection
2: Stone? <laughs> yeah, right. Hey. Well, what? I didn't junk. use
1: them. Ever?
2: Ever. I used Did you one? beat the, Valk- the Valkyries? I-, I never bought one. Did you I, beat uh, all the Valkyries? No, nah, I killed three Valkyries so far. Thank Come you. back
3: to me when you've killed them all. I am just staggered by this. I when my strategy, a... my fucking strategy revolves around a resurrection really? stone.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like, get the rage one. <laughs> they're, they're consumed, right? Like you don't keep them; like you, they just disappear, right?
3: Well, if you if you die after you've used one, when you go back to your checkpoint, you've got it again. So,
2: so you don't have to keep buying it.
3: Not if you die outright, no. You go back to a, a previous save game. So, like, it's checkpointed as a save game. It's not like... You, so you've got that. to
1: hit square. You've got to hit square to use it, so you can choose to... Yeah, you got to pop it. You'll just respawn.
3: Yeah. So, if, if I... Like, if I was running into, like, three of the Valk fights, and they popped me early with one of their bullshit attacks, um, I just I just wouldn't fucking revive i just start over um but yeah like you go the rage one because especially val queen she was like i don't know she was three hitting me a couple of times uh i did some rejigging and got her to something reasonable but um yeah you go in and yeah you go the rage one you go in with full fucking rage as it is as soon as you get low you pop your rage uh you build up a bit more enough, at least like a quarter, so you've got two hits in you left. Uh, she gets you down, you pop the thing, you pop rage as soon as you can, and then you jump on her again, get back up to a quarter. The good thing is that it, like, the whole time you're still doing rage damage, so like, yeah, it's working, working out pretty well for you, but uh, yeah, I don't think I could have beaten the Val Queen without a fucking Resurrection Stone, which is uh, I don't know, a, a sad sad summary of whether or not I'm good enough at this game, but I think like but I think, like, the but <laughs> I think <laughs> there is a particular problem with the Val Queens combat that yeah. was like fucking me. So yeah. Uh Luke, have you played the Val Queen? Am I the only one who's finished the Valkyries?
0: Yeah, no, I
3: didn't do them uh, all. I'm explain it. I'm explain it really quick because uh it's uh, I was like super high on this game. I was like fucking maybe one of the best games of the generation. And then uh, Jung started talking to me. Uh, <laughs> I got like, in his ear. Poisoning, <laughs> poisoning my thoughts. Lots and I'm like, name? Here.
2: Yeah, maybe it's not that
3: crazy." Then uh,
0: Dark Souls into your
2: ear,
3: and then you. Will- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I, I was like I got up to this Valkyrie and I'm like fuck this game has major fucking issues uh, and there are major issues that you really don't actually see because most of the time you don't take fights that you shouldn't and the Valkyrie was is is technically a fight that I shouldn't be taking I believe that the correct way to take on the Valkyrie is to kill her after you have beaten Niflheim and Musflheim because I think that that is the only way that you're 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 supposed to get the stuff, the like uh, resources that you require to level up the uh, gear that you have to uh, beat like to beat her because I flat out could not upgrade. Like uh, like I said, I beat beat her with a piece of Niflheim equipment still equipped because I flat out could not find what I required to upgrade other items to a point where it would be like worth swapping. Uh, And so, yeah, I had like a a, a Valkyrie resistance rune equipped uh, that I de-equipped when I realized that 5% wasn't making a a meaningful difference to my lifespan. Uh, But yeah, like most of the time, you just don't take fights. Like if if I open up a rift and four fucking purple dudes walk out of it, I am leaving I'm just going to walk away. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll just, we'll come back another day. Right. That's how the game approaches it. But if you were to try to take, like there are a number of times being the fucking like, Oh, I'm a dark souls player. I can beat this. Right. I would be like, fucking come on purple dudes. Let's see what happens. And uh, like most of the time you don't like, you don't notice it, but the game has real problems with tracking and yeah. it's it's a massive problem uh, in the Valkyrie Queen fight, but it does become a, a problem. Uh, if you come up against, in particular, the purple dudes uh, from the elf, like purple dark elves, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you have to fight purple dark elves, you'll notice the terrible tracking real quick because uh, it seems like anytime time uh, an enemy leaves the ground... Uh, the camera stops tracking them.
1: Yep, that's what I've experienced as well.
3: Yeah, and it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem against purple, like flying dudes, but it's also, it's a massive problem against this fucking Valkyrie bitch who spends most of the time flying at you. Um, yeah, you and, and it means that you have to manage the camera, uh, which is a huge problem if you've spent 38 hours not managing the camera that much because it's trained you to not need to all that much. Uh, but it's... Exacerbated by the fact that it has a lock on that is just fucking yeah. awful. That's like, what I was going
2: to say as well. The lock on, when there's multiple enemies. Oh my
3: God. Yeah. You are li- literally just fucking, you're neutering yourself. You might as well just fucking, just sit on a fucking
2: spike. It's terrible. It's infuriating. Um, like if you've got like an enemy at your two o'clock that you were trying to target and then he's like right next to you and there's another enemy at your 12 o'clock that he's like 20 paces away. Yes. And for some reason, the game decided to lock onto the 12 o'clock and you're swinging, but you're like missing the guy at the two o'clock who's right next to you. It's yeah, it's super frustrating. And you're like, I didn't even tell the game to target that other one.
1: Oh, has it got auto targeting
2: then?
3: Uh, you can, you can lock onto targets, you can like
1: manually, yeah. I didn't realize it was doing it automatically, though. I didn't really have any problems with that. I'm
2: pretty sure there were a couple of times when it just like locked onto something right. which was far away and I had i didn't tell to do it and i was like why the hell am i sw-? like i was trying to press the attack button and i wanted to attack the person right next to me and it was just swinging it at the air in this other direction and like what the hell is going on and you try to like fight it and it's it's not listening to you, you know you're like trying to fight the lock on
1: yeah it should override um I think the thing that is bad about the camera as well is because they're trying to do that cinematic trade-off, having talked to God of War fanboys who were literally worried about the lack of a fixed camera, which just mm. does my head in because fixed Orphan. cameras are AIDS. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was just like, the problem is that they've to kind of compensate for that. They've they've brought it in so close to your shoulder that they've had yeah. to create new systems to deal with the hampering of the of the view. So that, that's why they've got Atreus and the head going behind you to the left of you, but they've also got the UI indicators, color-coded, yeah. to show yeah. it. Because like, if you're thinking of the comparison in my mind being like an Arkham game, that camera is far enough back that you only really need the indicators for people throwing stuff. Yeah, And then you don't mind it that much because it's so, it doesn't happen much, but you feel like you're in charge. And if you get hit, you feel like you deserve to get hit. Whereas in this game, it's sort of like when you're coming up against those fucking enemies with the, the flaming legs and they just oh, yeah. do the the speed attacks at you. Like, there's no oh. way. You can do anything. If they're behind you, um, and the, you can't turn the camera around in time, I guess yeah. you could with the, what D-pad down D-pad makes it down, yeah. But like, that's a really impractical button. I can't remember what the alternative was in the menus. I literally never used it outside of it telling me about it for the first time, which is probably yeah. stupid. But like yeah. it's so disorienting, and it wants to keep you focused on the person in front of you. Like I just find it weird that they clearly had to design little different systems to compensate for the fact that the camera was problematic from a gameplay perspective.
2: Yeah, yeah. totally agree with that. It's like there's, the camera forces you into tunnel vision and there's threats all yeah. around you. Yeah. There's a wolver behind your brother. <laughs> <laughs> behind you, father. There's a... Um, Every time you heard that.
3: On, <laughs> on Musfulheim, there's a challenge where you have to not get hit. Uh, yeah. You have to kill 20 enemies without being hit once and uh that it's like the last wave or so that they introduce those little fucks and uh it basically like uh i think like the third wave is those nightmares that are spitting shit at you and then the fourth wave is those fucking rushing cunts and uh it's basically just you like dodge rolling spastically as fast as you can and like pinging like so you'll d- double tap circle to dodge roll and then hammer square uh so that atreus can hammer whatever the fuck is nearby yeah. as many arrows as possible so that they'll go down and then you just keep doing it again and you hammer square and then, like you do this until everything's fucking dead and you pray that you don't get fucking hit because yeah uh, it becomes just fucking like a swarm. There's a second level of it as well. And I noped out of it. I couldn't, I couldn't even bring myself to do it.
1: But that just feels like it's telling you
3: to,
2: It's
1: telling you to game these fights, right? Like the first boss fight, even that troll with the big, you know, thing on his shoulders that you fight a lot. Yeah. Um, I just seem like I tried to get in close and hit him and then he stomps. So I'm like, okay, so it wants me to stay at range. So it's, and I just felt so cheesy, just mashing square to get his attention on the kid and then throwing the ax at his head to return the attention. And that was the whole boss fight for me was just throwing shit at him and then mashing a button (laughs) for them to be taken down until, you know, he fell over and then I go in and finish him off. But yeah, just it just like reeked of a missed opportunity because I was really impressed for, how uh, they made the combat against your average peons fucking really interesting with just the one weapon or two, I guess if you count fists. As Luke knows from the other day, I'd never really use them, but like I found the axe really exciting, and I wouldn't have minded if I went through the whole game with just the axe. Yeah. What axe? Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I was a fist guy. I'm just leaving a massive segue open for someone to just jump into that next spoiler. Well, I was about to say, um, like, for the first half of the game, all
3: I could think about was uh, because everyone was all like, oh, it's so Dark Souls and it's combat. All I could think about was that it is literally it's a Dark Souls game. If it was a Dark Souls game, it would be one where you're stuck using a weapon I would literally never choose to use. It is 100% like I do not like that axe. I got used to it by the end and I made it work for me. But oh my god, it's not that. That's not the style of like Dark Souls I play, and so that's not the style of combat I like. And so it just wasn't fucking working for me. I definitely was very happy to get the chains, uh, the fucking chain blades, because fuck me, uh, that is more my speed, one hundred percent. You can put some fucking moves together with
1: those things. Holy shit, yes. and better. Better for the shit camera, too, because you oh, can kind yeah. of hit stuff behind you and on your peripherals. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's a bit of crowd control. It does a little less damage, but AOE damage. And they included all the moves from the previous games, which was awesome.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it felt like if it, it was a really satisfying moment in the game
1: as well to get it. Oh, the reveal. And, like, you know the whole time what he's going back to get. And I'm not even a massive God of War fan. I only played the first one and a half, really. Um, but yeah you you know what's coming and they just they milk it they milk it and i'm like i'm not hating any of this like yep yep milk it i know what it is fuck yeah woo, yeah they took their time and i think it worked as a reveal yeah definitely
3: um like I, i think they foreshadowed it really well early on as well so uh it just felt like an inevitability but uh it's still like when it finally happened you're like
0: fuck yes Sure. Yeah, they do it a couple of times, I think, with the, the arm wraps. That's true, yeah. yeah.
1: But also the frost opponents, you know, the ones where it's like your axe isn't going to work against them, you're going to have to throw that away or throw it at them and then beat the shit out of them. And I'm like, when I got the blades, I'm like, oh, of course, they fire. Like, that makes so much fucking yeah. sense. Yeah.
2: I just beat them with my shield. <laughs>
0: what?
2: Just hit them with the shield. Shield bash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they're, like, vulnerable to stun. The stun bar filled up, so... Right. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, we've, like, spent, like, an hour and a bit... An hour, rather, talking about stuff we don't like, huh?
2: In this game we love. We were segueing into
3: stuff that we like. Sort of. We just did.
1: We just raved about the...
3: Plays. that's true uh, on the back of me complaining about the axe that's yeah I don't know what was your favourite thing in the game Luke
0: um, I mean yeah I've already talked about it I think the opening fight with the the stranger um, that was a pretty high mark for me I, I finished that fight and was like uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they topped this bit <laughs> like I don't know what happens after the next you know couple hours that i'm playing this where i'm like i'm thinking all right yeah that that bit was better um so they set a pretty high bar from that initial fight and uh for me i don't think they ever got back to that in for the for the actual fights um which again for me was that um was yeah the biggest letdown the the combat of the uh bosses and whatnot i thought there was some cool stuff in there but nothing really peaked as much as that that first fight at the introduction of the stranger although oh, it was done so, so well and so cool it was like even like this idea of switching between um, like the normal fighting and then going into like a, a quick time event cinematic type thing and just using the environment around you and um, you know starting off on one side of the house and then going over to the cliffs and changing the, the way the environment sort of shaped it was I thought it was really well done and it seemed like that's where they spent the most amount of money in the game on, in terms of set pieces.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but again, like for me, that was my favorite part of the game.
3: Fair enough. Hmm. That's a good. That's a good pick. What about right. you, Jung? What was your favorite bit?
2: I think there was a bit in the the dark elf area where you're trying to get to like the leader dark elf. And you have to go up a ramp. And um, all the Dark Elf grunts are kind of like swarming you as you're going up the ramp. Oh, yeah. And um, combat had been a little harder up until this point because they were really evasive. Because they were swarming you and they were all lower level. There's like 30 or 40 of them in front of you or something like that. And you're just like cutting through them really rapidly on your way to get to the leader. And uh, it was clearly like a, a little moment that was designed to be like that like just a moment where you're working your way forward and upward and just cutting through like swaths of these dark elves that was pretty cool
3: yeah that was uh, that was pretty memorable Um, because I I was so done with those motherfuckers as well like I just had enough of fighting them by that point because they were so annoying to deal with and so yeah, yeah just
2: running through and ripping through them felt fucking rad yeah absolutely I was just like throwing my axe at them yeah I wouldn't wouldn't engage melee I'd just like throw 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 until they die
3: yeah yeah it was awesome and what about you Nate? what was your favourite bit
2: um
1: gonna go more general I like the way that they handled uh the characters I really enjoyed the relationship between Kratos and his son even though I expected it to piss me off yeah. Um. I like the little, like, the stuff at the beginning, especially where uh, Kratos, you know, his son would be upset about something and you see him reach to support him or pat him on the back and then he takes his hand back. Like, that whole, like, exploration of kind of, I guess, male vulnerability or intimacy or whatever you want to say, yeah. I thought was really good for someone who, and I think it played out really well, the whole idea of him trying to protect his son from his secrets, um... But I guess, look, if I had to say a specific thing, it would be his uh, Drax the Destroyer stories. They were fucking <laughs> phenomenal, yeah. and they were like, normally I'm a person who skips through shit, like boring shit. Yeah. Um, and I had, I don't know if it was a bug or if it was just, I don't know if you guys encountered it, but my stories in the boats tended to start when I was basically about to get off the fucking boat. <laughs> so I, it, I knew that I enjoyed you the had stories. The same thing. Yeah, right. How, but, like, you'd be paddling for, like, a minute, nothing. I'm like, okay, they mustn't be telling a story. You get ten seconds close to shore, and they'd be like, yep, we're going to tell a story now. I'm like, oh, fuck. But, like, I would just stop and wait and listen. Uh, because yeah, I did the same. And I think the one about the frog, uh, frog is probably my favorite. The frog and the scorpion. <laughs> oh, no, what was the one with the, the creature in the well? Um... Like, were they one where, else? I don't remember.
3: Is that the one where um, Atreus like spoils it? or is it the one where he like is like there is a creature in a well and it decides it wants to be somewhere or someone like
1: that? Is it, no, no, like, no. The- it was the one where he can't tell a story. It's one of the really early ones where he's like, there was a father. Oh, that was the tortoise and the hare, wasn't it? No, no 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 that was I think that was the first one but one of the earlier ones and it's cool because it kind of pays off later when he actually tells a great story and it yeah. sounds like oh, it's actually a great story but he tells this story that's not really a story because the plot of it goes there's two creatures one of them wants to get in the well um, and then they don't <laughs> yeah and like they leave and his son's like that's not a story if one of them got in the well that would be a story he's like well then they would die he's like yeah but that would be more of a story <laughs> But, yeah. so it was just this like this like parable, this poorly disguised parable, which is like don't go into danger unnecessarily.
3: <laughs> yeah. There was another one he does where he's like, I mean, I can't remember for the life of me, but basically he tells like half of it and Atreus butts in and is like, Why didn't he just do this? Why doesn't the, the such and such just do this? And Kratos is like, that is what happened. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, like, I thought that he might be a bit, like, he might come across as a bit one dimensional by the end, you know, Kratos, but he was very subtly written, I think. It was uh, funny. So I was playing boy. it, and,
2: um, yeah. <laughs> I am a god boy.
1: Katie was watching, uh, Job and I play, um, what was that god awful game? A Way Out. And then Katie started watching me play the opening hours of God of War and she just, like, turns to me at some point and goes, man, this is so much better writing than that fucking piece of shit you were
0: playing. (laughs) That sounds like something Katie would say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, like, it's – she's right. Like, they're not trying to overwrite anything. They understand that they can, like, have actions that have meaning, that they don't need to spell out everything that they're thinking and feeling because that's not what fucking normal people do. And especially not, like, Kratos, you know, with his – past and i imagine for him as part of his character like the fact that he even has another family would be fucking terrifying yeah given what happened with the last one so so i don't think they need really needed for him to go what you don't understand son is i had a family and i killed them and it was sad like you don't need that shit like and they did it really well and the fact that they had uh i don't know the actor's name unfortunately but it was the guy out of uh Is that who it was? Yeah, Stargate was Judge. God. Yeah, he yeah. played Teal. Perfect. Yeah, Teal. That's a perfect voice for Kratos.
0: Hmm. And I think yeah. the kid as well was really
2: good. Yeah, he was
1: annoying, right. Like, and unlike, Say again. and not annoying. And uh, unlike Ellie,
2: except for when, like, when you hear his like thing when you die every time. <laughs> like, father, just, father. I didn't
1: die. Just die less. What like, if? What right? if he would have
2: stopped dying? <laughs> uh... <laughs> the triple
1: combo <laughs> got him but that well, was you know, not all three of you. the biggest of the last of us right was that she was the companion was super passive and the, the way of like making her not a problem for the AI was to make her invisible hmm. to yeah. the AI so once you saw that, you were just like, oh, wow, this is this is actually kind of like really destroying my immersion in these moments. But with the kid, you're like, not only is he helpful and the more you level him up, the more helpful he becomes so you feel like you're actively involved in his progression. You can, you know, use him with the square button. Such a simple little inclusion, but it makes him kind of essential to yeah. the gameplay.
3: Yeah, like I thought, like, That comparison is so fucking apt, like between because I found Ellie's invisibility to be probably the worst thing about The Last of Us. It ruined so much of that game, absolutely, Uh, for like the way I experienced it. Like I know it was one of Jung's favorite games, uh, and like I can totally see why, but I just never got there. It just never like affected me in that way because of the disconnect that I had between her existence in the game world like, and my experience with her as a character.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I love The Last of Us. Don't get me wrong. Even though that was there, I like, I think when something uh, that kind of, I guess, in any other game that's middling would not even really warrant that much of analysis um, so destroys your immersion, you know that you really kind of attached and you're you're immersed in a game uh, which is why i guess you we kind of labored the point on the the shitter parts of god of war at the beginning yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you do like i actually had to make a list because i was doing a review for it and I, it's not that hard to remember all the positive stuff about the game and the and the gushing shit but like i had to write down the negatives as they came up because i kept forgetting them because i get re-immersed and i'd be like this is fucking awesome and i was like there was shit that was pissing me off what the fuck was it again and it would happen and i'm like that's right it's this bullshit where you've got to move the camera in the exact right position to fucking jump up to the next point like why yeah. anyways yeah stuff like that
3: yeah, um, I like I, I love the characterization like of of them as as a father and son, and I this super duper personal, but it just reminded me of a lot of myself and my dad, uh, and I think that was probably what they were going for. You know, I, I think it's probably pretty common that uh, I, I don't think it's uncommon to have a gamer be a bookish son to a not necessarily understanding dad. You know.
1: I had that, and I'm glad that you said that, because the comparison that I've heard more often, and obviously from people who have kids, is it's the other way, where they see themselves as the Kratos figure. And, yeah, that's and, what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, right. yeah.
2: Like you yeah, know, well, gamers have grown up, and they, they themselves have had marriages, and they themselves have kids now, and they identify with having someone to protect.
3: Like, I can totally understand that, but like, yeah, for me, I, you know, I don't have any fucking kids. Uh, and yeah, like, but I could 100% still relate to that idea of, yeah, a dad who sort of just gruffly tells me to do shit, uh, seems like a superhero, like superhero strong and, uh, might be unkillable. And like, slowly over time. Explains a lot, Joe. Uh, my dad
2: <laughs> it explains a lot my dad's the best that, that, that Kratos
4: <laughs> your
2: dad uh, is Kratos
3: yeah yeah it does because uh, I'm definitely half giant don't worry about me
1: spoiler Whoa, why are you so cast. short then and uh, also why was she well, so short right well you see Sonny uh... giant where it counts <laughs> <laughs> What shit her or Job? <laughs> um
3: she has a cavernous vagina. That's what uh. I yeah.
1: Right.
3: <laughs> uh we're all we're all super text here. No subtext. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh yeah, so the the like seeing them grow closer together over the course of the game was fucking awesome. But but to that end, I did think that adding Mimir into the mix was a genius. Mm. Genius play because it did, it felt like it happened at a time when I was starting to get a bit sick of Atreus, um, as like the only other voice you'd ever hear, or almost like most of the time, the only voice you'd hear. And so, it, like, adding Mimir in, uh, was, a, yeah, a stroke of genius because it meant that you'd have someone else to, yeah, uh, give you shit when you died. It, you'd have, uh, someone else to tell stories and they were like mere stories are fucking awesome. Like pure Norse mythology lore." And, uh, yeah, like it feels proper fucking informative of the, like the world.
2: Educational. Yeah. like You
0: could go back to places you'd already been to and see things you'd already seen. And then he'd comment on them even more. Yeah. And like feeling like kind of the stories and what was going on, or even just like, um, yeah as you said like the stories that he was telling just kind of added to like the world they were trying to tell so well
2: Yeah. yeah it's kind of a good like counter to like the fact that like they're just bastardizing norse mythology just as they did greek mythology but it's kind of a nice counter to it it's like there is actually something worthwhile and educational and and you know if you just wanted to actually learn a little bit about what it actually was
3: Yeah, although obviously they're still twisted it to their own ends, like even in those bits, uh, like some of their treatment of the different races and stuff is is pretty God of War universe specific. But like, uh, I don't know if you guys um, have read it or listened to it or whatever, but um, Neil Gaiman wrote his own version of Norse mythology and it's uh, like, it's his own interpretation. And uh, that sort of made me realize that like at the end of the day, um, like it's so much of Norse mythology is like well open to interpretation, Uh, like super open, way more open than uh, some of the other like, Mythologies that are out there. Like, I think Greek is a little bit more rigid because, uh, it's because, like, the way that we have come to translate everything is via Greek. And so, because that, like, Greek mythology was, like, part of our Rosetta Stone, uh, it's, yeah, it's a bit more, uh, rigid in that sense. You know, it's a bit, harder to interpret it in many, many different ways. And so it's a bit more noticeable when God of War does it. But, uh, Norse mythology is a little bit more separated. And so it's, it's easier to sort of twist your own ways. But, um, yeah, like that doesn't like, there's still like certain things that are a bit set in stone. Like, uh, the you know Loki is half half a giant type thing, and like that's still they still play to all of that kind of stuff.
2: Do you think you it know? might be one of the things that's open to interpretation that they like really didn't set up Atreus as a kind of mischievous trickster?
3: Yeah, see, I, I don't know about that because that one's pretty fucking. That one's pretty. Locked it's a in.
2: big deal. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, but I was i I've, I've been thinking about this. And uh, I've been thinking how tight, how super tight butthole it would be if uh, if they brought it all the way back around to uh, Kratos needs
2: to kill his son eventually.
1: That's what I think they're leading up wow. to.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, be- I reckon it's just a prequel air. to Infinity War.
1: <laughs> it certainly Everything. does give a different appreciation of thor isn't it i love that thor's like an asshole in this universe <laughs> yeah yeah but there was that uh, thing at the end under the curtain that only um kratos saw right where his son yeah. was kind of but like he looked at that age mourning what appeared to be dead Kratos. But I think they're absolutely building it up to be like the trilogy end or whatever they're planning on doing will be you versus your son. And I hope they do that. Like how cool would that be in a game to go Mm. through with like, and you'll actually feel like you know his backstory you were there for his backstory and then they become the villain and you've kind of got to kill them or be killed by them or whatever and like i think that would be fucking epic and god i hope they do that and even even if it is predictable to a certain extent i still want to see that Mm -hmm. there's that
2: whole cycle of patricide that they can't seem to escape
3: yeah yeah and they like clearly signpost it as well um so yeah i don't know they're, they're definitely playing in that direction and yeah I hope they get there uh, I think it'll be fantastic I uh, like yeah like you said they even if we can't see it coming a little bit
1: yeah I, I don't think it'll be one of those things where you're like oh I saw that coming at ships like it's it's kind of it has this feeling of almost inevitability but it would still be satisfying I know still it would still be an emotional experience to have to fight against this character who you've spent i don't know how many games on side with but yeah and they clearly don't see eye to eye either even though they have more of an understanding of each other by the end of the game i still think that they're like polar opposites
2: Yeah, Yeah, i guess ideologically as a boy atreus feels like he's smart enough to judge yeah who should die and who shouldn't Uh, who knows if that would change but yeah that would be a pretty big ideological difference very literal God complex. Yeah.
1: That was one of the things I was complaining to Job about. Um, and it was only a smaller beat. Um, but it was that uh, At- Atreus, I keep forgetting his name. It was kind of Loki. Loki's, um <laughs> had that moment where he killed that pitiful God. And um, I thought he was fully in control and I thought it was awesome. But then later on, they seemed to paint it as if he had like his little rage moment where mm-hmm. he was, he kind of like blacked out. And he didn't know that he'd done it. And I liked it more when he was uncontrollable and I kind of split hairs with Joby talking about like uncontrollable rage versus blackout rage in that. Um, I think that like a blackout rage is where you literally don't remember the next day you wake up and you're in the cop shop with, you know, bloodied hands uh, versus the one where you literally cannot stop yourself from what you're doing, but you're still present like, uh, you're still conscious, you still know what you're doing, so you have to live with the guilt of actually being behind the wheel for that, even though you're out of control. And, and I was kind of hoping that, yeah, like, it's like he, the more that Kratos tries to steer his son away from what's almost like this Star Wars, you know, Darth Vader-like a genetic destiny that you have to turn bad, um, that, uh, that that would become their point of tension that would play out. In in the later ones, yeah, that's a really that's a really good way to look at it. I mean, but they still might be able to do that, you know. And and that same sequence was the second time you visited Hell, and that also gave me like obviously gave us the reveal about Freya being Belldor's um, mother, which was cool. I hadn't seen that coming. Another one that makes so much sense, especially how she treats Mamiya the first time that you encounter each other. Um, yeah. But what I liked about that, and I'm not sure that everyone will get to see it, because you have to hang around for long enough, and I only encountered it because I went back to get a chest. Um, but he was sobbing. Did you guys see that? No. What? Oh, wow. Okay. I so I, was, I actually waited for the whole thing to play out. You know how he's having that memory that everyone can see? Which was a cool cool system, again, because obviously um, Atreus gets to see Kratos confronting Zeus but yeah, he plays it off like he hasn't seen it. Like let's not worry about it. And I'm like, oh, he's playing it cool. But well, that motherfucker's seen that shit. But anyway, so you get to see um, Baldur having his his reliving his biggest yeah. pain with his mum, and then if you hang around for long enough or like me go back to get that chest that was sort of way off to the side, he's like fucking on his knees sobbing, like beating and like hitting himself saying, You're such a fucking coward. You're such a fucking coward. And he just keeps doing that. He keeps chanting that. And like for, you know, a character, like, I don't think that made him redeemable, but God, it rounded out his character for me to be like, yeah, man, I kind of, I get where you're coming from. Like, and I felt yeah. sorry for him in that moment as well. And, and before that, I was like, not like he was a mustache twirling villain, but I'm like, this guy is, you know, obvious Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kill him and I'm not going to think anything about it. I'm going to, you know, like cheer when he dies. Um, but this made me go, oh, shit. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that is kind of messed up. And I thought it was such a nice little thing. But again, nothing that they telegraphed in a, cu- a cut scene or anything. You have to kind of be there to see it. So definitely
3: hang I around. I heard
1: him yelling that he was right. a coward. I think he, he yells it at his past self, right? Like when the memory's still yeah. playing out. But when it's disappeared completely, he's still there and you can't get uh, through to it. Oh wow. Yeah. But okay. he's still there, like just bawling his eyes out. And I thought it was it was kind of like a beautiful, vulnerable moment for the villain. Yeah, awesome. Do you guys like how he walked?
3: Kratos? Did you like, hey. Did you like Baldur's
1: gate? <laughs> I'm not uh, no. upset. That's amazing. <laughs> so there's a feature pitch for anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well um, done. Well done. No, that's end of podcast. It's done. That's it. We'll wrap it up there. Um you killed it in every
3: sense of the word. <laughs> I um I thought all the voice acting in the game was fucking top notch. Like, I can't think of it. Apart from, like, maybe too many Scottish characters. Uh, Yeah, I can't think of anyone that I I thought was not good. The fucking... Yeah, the Scottish stuff
2: threw me. I was like, why is that there?
3: The, like, clean freak dwarf saved me. He had some of the best shit. There's one bit, there was this one bit where, um, he was, uh, where Atreus is going to tell him that he's a god it's like right when he he goes off and it was like it's my least favorite atreus moment and i'm like fuck you atreus stop being a little cunt right but uh he's like basically he, uh he goes goes to talk to him i can't remember his name what what are their names fuck clean freak and broken Sindri. Sindri, yeah yeah I just talked to fucking Sindri and he's like, oh, guess what? And Sindri turns around and he's like, oh, what? Oh, God. And like picks, he's got this fucking wheel on the ground. He's like, did you put this in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That <laughs> oh, was amazing.
0: Well, I think but he's like. Oh, I was going to say, go. I think it's when he, uh, you first meet him on like the bridge as well. And he's got his, he's like animal there um and he won't because there's something there and then later on once you like finish that sort of quest quest part he's like asking Trace is kind of asking him what 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 its name is or something he's like oh it's none of your fucking business or something like that
3: (laughs) (laughs) and then later on you see him in the world hub and uh he's like oh what happened to your animal he's like I ate him (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah oh god fair enough um but yeah, they're both they both play really well. I thought like I thought they were. That's the thing, right? They all seem super one dimensional. These are all characters that they build out over the course of the game, which is fucking amazing. Yeah.
4: Uh,
3: like they never like you know they're not fucking blow like blow me away, but th- they wind up actually developing over the course of this fucking game, and it's fascinating i think it's they do such a good job with it none of it is overdone like maybe a little bit like they ham it up a little bit but yeah like it never feels like it's too far in any one direction they don't none of them feel like just fucking these one note nothing characters i think it's awesome Um, it's
1: also Part of the end game reward I'm finding is that I'm getting more discussions with these guys, even though the game's done. They're still like filling in story details and character yeah. stuff, which is which is great. Like, for me, I'm not a, the kind of gamer to 100% anything, and I don't think I'll 100% this. There's uh, I still want to do all the side quests and some of the activities, but but like the fact that it's not just this suddenly quiet world that I'm running through to you know get shit done. It still feels like they've got story to tell, which is amazing because if you look at the statistics of people that finish games, let alone those that come close to finishing, you know, most of the side stuff, it's pretty low. So it's quite an investment on their part to make a fully realized world and they should be fucking committed for it. There is straight up, if you finish the Valk
3: quest line, there's info about, like, pretty good info about how shit's going to go down in the next game. Really? Tell me more. Uh, so, if like once you kill the Vow Queen, uh, do you guys
1: mind if I spoil this? It's a spoiler cast. We we sign up for it apparently.
2: Sorry. Go do you do you guys mind? Everyone else, Luke. I'm you okay. okay, that's all right. I probably will end up doing it. but go for it. So, we'll um, like
3: so it's revealed that the so basically the uh, Vow Queen. Has uh, has trapped all these Valkyries in the physical realm. They're not supposed to exist there, and by being in the physical realm, that makes them go insane. And you have to basically kill them, rip their wings off, to send them back to uh, their sort of uh, state of being in in the realm. Uh, and eventually, you have to kill the Valkyrie. Uh, and it turns out that she wasn't always the Valkyrie. That she's only assumed the role. Because the Valkyrie got married to Odin, Freya, yeah, and she uh, and so once you killed the Valkyrie, Mimir is like, oh, I, I should have told you this earlier, but um, but when you guys were in Jotunheim, uh, Freya came to see me uh, because she wanted to know where her wings were. Yeah,
2: and
3: Yeah. So, should have mentioned that Yeah um, So, yeah, it looks like you're going to have to fight Freya When Luke was all like, oh, did you go back to the hidden chamber near your house Uh and what he meant was the fucking The, the house in and your the hands. bed yeah.
4: No, no yeah.
3: the bed, not the oh, hatch the bed. Yeah, not the hatch, the, the bed But uh when you were all like that that's when he, like, I went back to the hidden chamber and I went to the fucking elevator and I was going down the elevator and Mia's like Oh, I should have told you this earlier. I'm like, oh my fucking god, what? Uh, I thought I was gonna have to fight Freya. I thought like that was going to be the end of this fucking Valkyrie quest. It was I'm gonna I'm gonna have to fucking kill Valkyrie Freya. And that shit's gonna bone me up like six ways from Sunday.
1: So I'm like, this is gonna be fucking oh uh, no. So that's where you got that line then? Like that's where you uh, yeah. got the line about Freya, oh, okay, that's cool. I wonder if it only activated there, or if it was just a time thing. Because that's very specific, and that's probably fucking very important for people. Yeah, it's an interesting
3: hidden, like hidden, like that hidden chamber in particular. I would have gone back to it regardless. Uh, Like I was planning on going back to it because the first time I went there, there was like junk mobs in there like nothing of any consequence. Uh, it's not called a hidden chamber of Odin. It's just called a hidden chamber. And yeah, it just it's felt so em- it's like,
0: sort of empty, right? I don't know what it's used yeah. for. Like, Cause I cleared it uh, out as well.
3: Yeah. like right? So, uh, yeah, I had no idea what it was for. I figured maybe once I finish the bunk, I'll, I'll see something. I go back in and yeah, she's, she, she was trying to find her wings. Uh, she, so I think she's going to be a Valkyrie again and you're like oh for fuck's sake I, the Valkyrie was the hardest fight I've had in this fucking game I don't know if I've got it in me but I'm so fucking excited and then yeah she wasn't there so I was a bit of fucking a bit ropey dope I blame Luke because um, Luke said I had to go back to the hidden chamber immediately so what was at the bed Luke? I said go
0: home <laughs> We can look up the fucking chat, you dick. <laughs> we could. Um, we could. did you go look at this new cinematic John? Nope, he's dead.
2: No, I did. He's gone again. He's gone. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I did. I saw it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we can talk about it. Um, yeah. So once the game, the actual credits have rolled, uh, you can continue playing the game. Um, but yeah if you go back to your house and then uh go to the bed and press the prompt button it's um you get an extra cinematic which fast forwards like a couple of years it says like a few years later or something like that yeah
3: yeah yeah
0: um yeah and then it uh it seems to be a reveal for the next i would say the sequel
2: uh yeah 100 percent. which will also be titled god of war Two gods really. of war. <laughs> Just what will you God of do if they wars? call
3: it God of War Two? He's saying the like, well, rage
2: out. Right. <laughs> I'm rage out. Everyone else was wrong, but me. That's it. <laughs> um,
3: I like Gods of War. I think that's it's good... That's God, a good of, wars? God, 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 God oh, of Wars.
1: And then gods, God, God of Wars, and Gods of Wars. Yeah, all the S options. It's not too G- easy. God's, <laughs> of <Thor. laughs> gods of Thor. Gods <laughs> <laughs> of oh, Thor. Ah, beautiful. <laughs>
3: Um, I thought that cinematic was fucking epic. I thought it was awesome. Um, It was... was, But, like, it did make me think... One of the things Nate and I talked about... Was how many false endings this fucking game had. The Return of the King syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That was the falsest ending of all time. (laughs) Like, I legit thought this game was over. Like, 1000%. Like, I'm actually convinced now. I've seen the credits roll... Yeah. This game's over, and then no, nah. no. Well, it's actually like a, it's like a movie. There's an around. actual hard ending,
1: and then you get proper credits. Like yeah, you black, get proper black credits. Black credits. Like, yeah. yeah, that's, that's the, the actual, actual ending. ending. <laughs> yeah,
0: but they don't tell you to go back home, <laughs> do they? Right? No, they don't. No, I think I think they mentioned he mentioned something about like going back home and getting some sleep, something like that.
2: Yeah,
0: um, yeah, but it's never. You don't get told to. Go home. The, the I only found it because, yeah, I was going back to that. Uh, I was starting to do those hidden chambers. Yeah. And yep. uh, I managed to... I, I, when I went near the door, I noticed that the um, the circle, like, little circle thing was up there. And I thought that was a bit weird because I seemed to be quite far away from it. So, I don't know. I just walked in. Um, anyway. The rest I, is history. I feel like that's going to be something that, like, a lot of people are going to see unless they read a guide for it or something like that. Cause yeah, I, um, like none of you guys saw that, right? Nope. Yeah. Nope.
1: No. And, and like, I love how they try to play it off as a dream, but then why would they add three years later? And then when you come back, it says present day and yeah. you're like, okay, okay, so not a dream. Well, nice try They just, like, yeah. just seeing the future or whatever. Such a,
3: like, ham-fisted way to try to stay in canon or whatever, continue you being allowed to play or whatever. You can't go back in the house after that. After.
1: Ah. i tried to go back. There's no way in. Um, yeah. I also think that... Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be getting ahead of myself. They kind of play around a bit with time travel in the story, right? Like, you've got the lost time that Kratos has... Uh, when he steps into the light yeah. um, that obviously moves time forward but then you've got a bit of chatter about the world serpent and how it perceives time it might be past it might be future so it seems like to me they're introducing a little bit of time travel stuff for and this is put the theory hat on and you guys can all buy me KFC if I'm right like okay. 12 12 years <laughs> from now when they move on to the next world of the list. trilogy I'll put in the list because yeah. J- Jung mentioned earlier that, um, way earlier, that um, ancient Egypt might have been glossed over. And I actually did a quick Google search because I'm like, which came first, Greek or Egyptian? Apparently, ancient e- Egyptian mythology is older than Greek mythology. which yeah, means the oldest. So they've kind of fucked themselves a bit almost by like starting with Greek, which how do they go back? So if they can introduce a little time travel thing, they can then take Kratos back to ancient Egypt to kick the shit out of Egyptian mythology which i think is awesome because i would fucking love to see kratos versus egyptian mythology
2: yeah i don't even know if they'd be too worried about the literal timeline like the real life timeline um like in their universe they can just have him go there and um just uh you know just start smacking around ra um, yeah like uh in his own timeline there's just this massive gap um, where there's, they've clearly left enough room for something to happen for them to revisit it. Yeah. I think the world servant. Did they say the world servant was like Merlin or something? Like he grows back in time, like he gets younger or something, and something like that.
1: Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it was something about he's he's past, ages back. He has past yeah. and future memories as well, and like he's yeah, got the old
2: Benjamin Button syndrome.
1: Yeah, looks pretty good for a giant snake.
2: For a giant snake, yeah, that's true in the sequel he'll be an egg <laughs> in God of War just a regular snake Gods of War <laughs> um, everyone after this
3: is a reboot <laughs> all reboots for all time um, I yeah I, I don't know that'll be an interesting I don't know how they do it with the new like the new tone that they've set though they'd have to do I don't know I, I can't see it I guess He's got another family, thing, you know? yeah. <laughs> fucking Kratos, fucking all over the world.
2: Yeah, it'll be like Genghis Khan. He's got a got a
3: family in every city. Um, yeah. Anyway,
0: cool. game's awesome. It's pretty good. It's pretty good game. Um, pretty good. Yeah, I, I think. I think for me, um, I it's the best game that I've played since The Witcher, or The Witcher 3. Um, I, I, th- I thought that last year was pretty poor in terms of AAA content. Sorry, th- I think it's the best AAA game that I've played since The Witcher 3. Um, last year was a bit, yeah, ordinary. No is right? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm telling
2: oh,
0: you Oh, my God. <laughs> um,
2: Mate. Yeah. Fucking hell. I kept on thinking like I mean it's it's for me it's already game of the year contender but I did for my own personal taste enjoy Monster Hunter more
3: yeah oh god wrong. oh god
2: god oh.
0: Oh. Oh, you're gonna tell us the camera's bad in fucking God of War but not talking about <laughs> like, oh, this game's amazing
2: <laughs> I control the camera on Monster Hunter and it's far <laughs> enough back yeah.
0: yeah it's always behind a tree for me um, yeah, right. So, is there anything else you want to talk about with this one? Or it makes sense that jung liked
3: God of War and Monster Hunter because Boulder kept uh running away uh halfway through a fucking fight, and uh, that's a training.
2: <laughs> <most laughs> had to chase him <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, no, I think that's that's it. I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I loved it. Um yeah, I think they they did a spectacular job of the characterization, like, uh, and yeah, just the the overall writing is such a, a high level. It's fantastic. The the gripes that I have, I think, like the more I think about it, the more I think the biggest gripe I have is uh, what Nate was saying with the the tutorial switching from this really good in game system to literally just text boxes text because it's it's so much worse like yeah it's so much worse than than just the switch because you just at that point of the game you just want to be in the game
0: Yeah, so I hammered
3: through it I fucking just hammered through fucking whatever
0: yeah, it completely pulls you out of it. They don't do an elegant way yeah. of being like, "Hey, here's the system," or or something, a menu item in the game, and, and sort of learn that. It's just like press X, 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 or whatever. Yeah, um, but I, I understand. Like, they, I feel like they need to do something, especially for the, "Hey, equip this item now. Put put a socket in it now. Uh, go level it up, and all this other stuff. Like, I don't know how you'd do that without having. Someone explain it to you. Maybe the the dwarves in a, in a voiceover Easy. or something like that. But but even like yeah, the dwarves. Um, th- there were instances where at the same time they would do, uh, you'd run into those puzzle rooms and Atreus would be like, "Oh, you know, here's the riddle. What do we use to solve it?" And I'd be on my phone or some shit. And then they'd be like, "What? What do you say?" <laughs> oh fuck! All right, fair enough. um <laughs> And I th- I know there was one case where I actually left the room and came back and had him do it a second time because I completely missed what he was talking about. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There's a way, like, the, having something appear just on the screen can sometimes be a bit easier. But, yeah, it, it was, je- like, uh, wasn't elegant, I feel like.
1: Especially not because they just kept stacking it. Like, they just there was this one bit right at, near the start where they just stacked all of this menu information and it just took you to a different screen a different screen it's like you got that i'm like no okay cool well good luck all right thanks fuck you (laughs) i hope this is not important yeah yeah turns out it wasn't green armor guy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh okay and no other final thoughts going one apparently not
1: I no, get it. Like, if you've got a PS4, you're buying it or you're stupid. Um,
0: yeah. If you don't have a PS4, I don't know, it's you probably not worth buying to it. to buy it now after we've just spent two hours talking <laughs> about it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like,
1: you've got to play it if you've got to... Like, I mean, it's just another nail in the coffin of Xbox One, isn't it?
0: <laughs> you know, it it's it's pretty sad that we're at the stage where we're nearly at the end of a, a generation life cycle and there are so many like good A games out on the PlayStation and there's just nothing out on the Xbox um, like there's a bunch coming out this year just from Sony like uh, God of War Spider-Man uh, Detroit is one that's coming out soon um, um, and there's just yeah it just seems so barren Or whatever Xbox is doing they they pushed out uh, Sea of Thieves and that was a complete disaster so what are they going to bring to the table? Just to keep putting out fucking Halo games.
2: Believe it or not, like, Hopefully there will be Bloodborne 2 as well.
3: They can shit out Halo games any old day.
0: Mm. I, I just hope that, like, Sony is putting all, all... like Horizon Zero Dawn is one from last year as well. Um, But I, I feel like Xbox will look at this, and I'm hoping next generation uh, will... Focus more on uh, first part, first party content, or at least get yeah. you know exclusive titles in there. Not these, uh, um, you know, one year deal type things that they did with some of the other games they've got coming out. It's- they need to buy studios. So those rumors that were happening
1: a while back—I mean, I don't think they're going to buy EA, but um, there was rumors of them looking to buy studios. That's so what they need to do. They need to buy some talented people and. I yeah. think they, they. There's no point in them trying to fight this generation. They've lost it. I, I like the areas like they're focusing on areas where, um, Sony isn't competing. Backwards compatibility, fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Pla- play anywhere, fucking awesome. Genius. Yeah. So like they've, I think that internally they're like, yeah, we concede we've lost. Let's not try to win, um, but let's try to show that there are areas where you can like really enjoy an Xbox one, even if that means playing an Xbox game or an Xbox 360 game. so I'm fucking went back to red dead recently with a 4k patch. Holy shit. Yeah. I reinstalled it as well. Uh, um, great. It does. It
3: properly looks great. Surprising, but it really does look good. Uh, yeah. Like I, I think that's, that's it. Right. Like I don't, I don't think the God of War is about the console war, but, like, there's no way to look at it and not realise how dominant PlayStation has been. Uh, Yeah, like you were saying, I don't think you would buy a PlayStation. I wouldn't buy a PlayStation for this, necessarily. Um, But, like, if you've got one, yeah, you're crazy if you don't fucking...
1: Play
0: this, you know, but if you don't have one, you can. There's so many good exclusive titles that you could go yeah. play and play
1: exactly. It's not
3: just, oh, game definitely, game. Yeah, 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 it's not, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it, absolutely. So, uh, last, last thing before we wrap up, uh, how do you think Red Dead's gonna go up against this?
0: I, yeah, I, I mean, this is something I brought up, was it last week or the week before? I can't remember, must have been last week, um, last week. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Because uh, last year I was like, uh, I don't think Red Dead's coming out this year because I think they're going to hold off and get out of the way of um, of Mario, no, not Mario, um, Zelda. Because Zelda. Zelda came out super early on in the year and uh, it just like obliterated numbers. I think it did like a 34 on Metacritic. Sorry, not 34, 94. On Metacritic, um, and this year we're four months in, and again <laughs> there's another game that's kind of come come along and and uh, it's like I I think the tied for the highest game Sony exclusive. So um, I'm 95 um, right now. Oh, so it's maybe above. I think 94 was the same as um, Last of Us, right? It was pretty close to that. Um, that's cool. a fucking high score, like, and uh, a 94 or not or 95 now that's that's kind of on the numbers that GTA 5 was doing so it's going to be a good year i feel like
3: <laughs> yeah yeah uh i think yeah they they're going to have to come out something big yeah i think that you know if anyone can do it but fucking going hell it'll be rockstar yeah exactly it's um, yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't bet against them you know
0: no but at the same time I wouldn't be like if someone said hey let's make some money what's going to make what's going to have a higher Metacritic score not that that's yeah. important or anything but fuck I don't know <laughs> yeah could it get 96 possibly yep it's hard to say yeah um but yeah man it seems like um it, it could be a good year if we're at March already and we're getting games like this words to that yeah man all right. Should we wrap things up then? Get get out of here. Go get some dinner. Yep. Let's yes. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. How can we wrap this up? Let's, let's, everyone can spook where they can find their content and shit. Uh, Nate, what do you got going on and where can people find you on the internet?
1: Relevant to God of War, go read uh, PCAuthority.com or Hyper. There's two reviews up there. should read mm. both of them.
2: One should of them read, is mine. not by me.
1: <laughs> You should read the one by uh, Nate. Yeah. And I think I'm going to put something up on PC Powerplay over the weekend about um, alternatives for God of War for people on PC, uh. especially who who might be feeling a little bit understandably hurt that they can't play God of War. There are plenty of alternatives out there, so there'll be a run, oh, yeah. run out of Well, not like completely. Not like it's the same, but, you know, right. shit like Dark Dark Darksiders and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um alternatives to help ooze or oh, ooze soothe ooze. the pain. Jeez. Ooze the, ooze the it's pain not, a, it's not a sexy word, is
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> nice.
3: Uh jungle, what about you?
2: Just fandom.com.
0: Just fandom.com. And
2: I guess the junglist on Twitter.
0: Is is but that J U um, S T or J U Z T? <laughs> huh?
3: Ah, it's a joke. Uh, he's making... he's making. Uh, is it just the Junglist CC? Oh, uh,
2: right, okay. It's a um, um, yeah, just fandom. Mostly on the gaming vertical.
3: Cool. Uh, voice? Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Red Bull, talking about all kinds of stuff. Uh, on fandom, talking about all kinds of stuff. On IGN, talking about specifically esports. Uh <laughs> yeah.
0: Nice. Yep, and you, Luke? Uh, f- uh, Twitter.com slash Laurie for me. Um, I didn't do any God of War stuff except for the podcast. So um, you can go to Survivor. There'll be a bunch of things up there. They um, uh, Steve has linked in our... Um, uh, we talked about uh, the squirrel last week on our, our other episode. Uh, he managed to find it. And he put together a guide. And so um, he was listening... It's not up yet, is show. it? No, no, it's going up after the embargo
3: fucking it better not does it have videos of the squirrel it's jacking my steeds. god it damn it. it
0: well you're the one that talked about it so it's your fault
3: i talk about these things for the public <laughs> not for people to jack my steeds. Jack <laughs> i'm kidding steeds. i just like that phrase obviously i love that phrase um I'm going to put up as soon as the 10 p.m. embargo lifts. I'm going to put a video up of my boy, Rana Yeah, yeah. Everyone in this podcast has found Rana Tosca, right? I know yep. Nate said he you, you screenshotted where to find. I've it,
1: screenshotted it for you, buddy, but I'm not putting is... it anywhere until fucking embargo. I don't want to get Sony of fucked. Course. Of course.
0: No, I uh, haven't. I have no idea where he is, and I. I'm done with the game. I'm pretty done. I'm finished.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, that's it. Let's get out of here then. Thanks, All guys, right. for coming along.
2: Yeah, thanks Thank for you. coming. No problem.
3: Thanks, okay. out, nice. homies.
4: Bye-bye.
3: Bye. I'll Bye. see you.
0: Later. Bye.